the big moves to come this offseason for the Chiefs and, and, and what does that actually look like? And we've gone through the scenarios of what they may have to do financially with a couple of these positions, corner and defensive line in particular. So for a second, when I say first big move, the Chiefs will make this offseason. Let me take away what they decide to do with Chris Jones and Snead because I think that's that's kind of obvious, right? Like the, One of the first biggest moves is going to be whether or not they tag Snead or whether or not they sign Chris Jones to a long-term deal. Like the, Those are the first big moves. But if we take that out of it, I actually think it might be signing a left tackle, going out in free agency and, and mm. finding a left tackle and a long-term answer there. Now, ESPN put out their best fits for the top 50 players they perceive to be available in free agency. And so the number one player in free agency is obviously Chris Jones. And as I said, they list best team fit as the Chiefs. And if the Chiefs end up making a decision on on that, that obviously is the first big move that they have to make a decision on. But further down, if you're taking a look at some of the names and some of the players, what caught my attention was also LeJerry Sneed was the 11th best free agent. They have the best fit being the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, which is, w- would be, yeah, for Philadelphia, they would love to have Legereus Sneed. Uh, and then where I'm talking about is tackle. And I'm not sold on the name they mentioned, but I do think left tackle is somewhere that they have to address. So they list Tyron Smith, former Dallas Cowboy. But man, the guy has missed 30 plus games in the last four years. Donovan Smith was injury prone, um, but he really only had one injured season in Tampa prior to coming to Kansas city. And then this year we know towards the end of the season, he got hurt, but then played really good in, in the, in the postseason. Smith is definitely an upgrade when he's healthy, but the dude can't stay healthy. That's, that's what scares me quite a bit for going that particular route. But I do think the first big move other than uh, making a decision on senior Jones might actually surprise people. And it might be an offensive lineman and not, Oh man, Mike Evans or Michael Pittman. I guess is Chris Jones count as as a big move? I guess. I mean, in this equation, I know he's played well, yes, on. Yes, I said I, I, I'm kind. It does, it, but I'm kind of assuming. Obviously, that's going to one way or the other. That's their happen. first big move, whether they sign him long term or whether he walks. That's their big move, right? Uh, it'll be interesting to see with the. I mean, I guess based on whatever happens, whether it be a wide receiver, I think wide receiver they're going to draft no matter what. If they bring in a tackle in free agency, I don't even know if they address that position in the first couple of rounds because they've already got the answer there. They might draft a guy for depth. Oh, I, you're good I, with Wanya Morris? Well, well I know, I'm, I'm saying if they sign a guy in free agency, then we know where they're going at in the draft. Gotcha. If, if they don't sign a guy in free agency, then I think tackle is a possibility at, at 32. It, it'll just depend on what happens here in the next couple of weeks. I, I think they're more likely to sign... A wide receiver, maybe not a, a big name guy, but I, and I guess maybe that's not a the, a big move that they make. But I mean, if you sign a guy to be the third wide receiver, I still think it's enough given how badly the wide receiver room looked the, this past year. I, I think that's the the route that they go first before looking anywhere else because I think it still opens up things on the table for them to draft a tackle in the draft or or, or sign somebody in free agency. Yeah. The problem is though, I, I guess. It depends on who's coming off the board quickly and who, of course, is having those communications already. I mean, who do you who do you want? I mean, Tyron Smith is 33 years old. I don't know if that's a, a turnoff. By I, any I want means, a long term solution. And that's why I say I, so I, I would like them to go off and tackle. But I don't I don't know if Tyron Smith is the is the guy that even though he's listed as a top 20 free agent available is that's the route I want to go. I, I don't want a one year stopgap or a two year stopgap. And I know when we say long term, it's the NFL 
you're you're not signing a, a left tackle unless you drafted him. You're not ha- signing a free agent left tackle that's probably going to be with you for six years. I'm, uh, we're you talking like a four year guy, a three plus year left tackle, and I don't know if Smith's that answer either Trent because Brown? of his his injury history. I'd be you know I'd be intrigued, but that's also another guy. What's his injury history lately? How many games has he played in the last couple of seasons? You know that that yeah. I, I want someone that's going to be available. The I, I hear you on the the depth in the draft, and I know we've talked to our guy Bink about this. I, tackle I just don't know what the deep. direction is. The tackle is deep in the draft. However, one are they willing to spend pick thirty two on a tackle, and is Andy Reid willing to start a rookie left tackle? Because this past year when they drafted Wani Morris, that was a mid round pick, not a not a first pick. Yeah, but a mid round pick. That was the debate and question we had, and they kind of answered it for us a little bit. They went and still went and signed the veteran. And Wani Morris only started a couple games because Donovan Smith got hurt. Once Donovan Smith was healthy, they put Donovan Smith right back in, not Wani Morris. I think Wani Morris has a chance to compete for the job, but what's the competition? Is it, hey, we feel good about Wani Morris. We're going to bring in a veteran. and We're going to give Wani every opportunity to win it, but we're going to bring in a veteran. Or is it, we're going to bring in a veteran and he's our guy for two years and, and we'll, we'll see where Wani fits in. Because if they draft another tackle, then what you draft a tackle in the first round. That's the guy that you want to win the job. That one a Morris then at that point is just, just depth for you. If you're drafting a left tackle in the first round, I think he almost has to start because, because unlike Felix, Andy Dickey, Uzama, you obviously had depth at that position anyways, but that was more of a best player available project type of pick. If you're drafting a left tackle, one of the premier positions in the league, I think he has to start. I, I just, and has I to start. It's just Andy Reid normal, like starting rookie at left tackle. I know the position's deep, but I, I guess Maybe it comes down to their their trust in Wanye Morris, I guess, as to whether or not they actually. I think bringing in a veteran is 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 smart for the reason of Wanye's still young. Yes, he got some reps, but bringing in a guy like whoever it may be, Trent Brown. Uh, they got Mike on Wayne, who also from the Patriots, who is a little bit lower than Trent Brown in the tackle uh, cat category. But if you bring in a guy that's got some experience, a little bit older, on say a two or three year deal. You see how it works out, and it's not like you're dedicating a lot, of, a ton of money to that position, and maybe you still draft a tackle in like the second round and see if he develops, or if Wanye you think can get even better than what he was. I, I, I think wide receiver is the first position because there's multiple. They, they they need not just one or two. They they need probably three of them. So they go that route, and then they might look at who at where where the money lines up for some of these tackles and then they go from there i i i, I don't know if i can the, I guess put it in as yes they're going to go for a tackle first it depends on the which wide receiver you you think they're getting because if it's the one of the first days of free agency then it's going to be a mike evans uh you know if t higgins didn't get tagged it'd be a mike evans t higgins michael pittman junior uh, Hollywood Brown type, you know, if it's if it's Curtis Samuel or Gabe Davis, I don't know if you those are guys you have to sign on day one. You know, like that may not be the, the the guys that are you know during the legal tampering period already being reported as potential signees. Now, yeah. if they're going and getting the best left tackle available, that's the guy that's signed day one. If they're going and getting the best uh, you know defensive tackle outside of Chris Jones available, then that's a, that's a, that's a day one thing. So much of this is just going to be sorted out with how they handle Chris Jones between now and the next. Uh, what twelve plus days? That I mean that that's what's going to dictate how a how much money they can spend, but also what are their actual needs and is there any trades in play? If you were curious though, so ESPN Plus put out as I said their best fits for some of the top free agents. They listed uh, Austin Eckler best fit Kansas City, Lejarius Sneed best fit to the Eagles, Chris Jones best fit to Kansas City, 
Um, and, and then uh, in particular, they were they were going through a few other positions. And the reason why we were discussing um, potentially who else could come to Kansas City other than Austin Eckler, I just lost track of it. I had a second to go. Of who they they listed somebody else that was in their mind a best fit for. Kansas City was oh yeah Tyron Smith the the tackle you and I were talking about earlier. There, there's I guess if Austin Eckler signed, I know we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but I think Austin yeah. e- if he if they bring him in, it's got to be a split carry situation because there's no way that Austin Eckler is going to take a back seat. I don't think he, he's going to want to get a role where he at least can play. Maybe I don't know if it his situation might end up like Dalvin Cooks though, where he's just not signed by anybody and he's like, well, I got to take I you know I want to play with somebody so. I'm just going to take a job and, and and just and just try to play. But I think to your point, what you said yesterday, Gold is, if you're going to get Austin Eckler and he's going to be your backup, why would you waste yeah, that, was, that, that money and and spend it on a on a sixth or seventh round guy or even a fifth round guy, whatever the case may be, who you like, who can maybe fit as the spell to to Pacheco? What was the projection yesterday? You you threw it out there. Oh, it was. A, Two years, I want to say it was going to be eight two, million two dollars years, a year. Or two something. years around like sixteen million total, or yeah, some something along those lines. That's crazy for the Chiefs situation. Like Isaiah Pacheco, yeah. Do you need to have other complimentary backs? We learned that this year. You know, maybe he gets banged up. Obviously, Jarek McKinnon, when he was here, had a role. Clyde six point seven five mil per year, so, so it'd be a two-year fourteen essentially. I just am not interested in doing that for a running back spot. Not not in Kansas City with where they're at as a franchise and and the window that they're in and the priorities in other areas. You have Isaiah Pacheco on an extremely team-friendly deal because of where he was drafted, and we know the running back value and. Uh, where where the market sits. None of these contracts are crazy, but do I need to bring in a guy that's going to uh, basically kind of have a Jarek McKinnon type role, if not a slightly bit more in Austin Eckler and pay him six to $7 million a year? I, I just don't think that's smart allocating no. uh, allocation of, of your money if you're the Chiefs. Austin Eckler, I would love in Kansas City. I just, like anything, right? The, the dollar amount has to be right. And that one, to me, you can get another receiving type of back even though I thought Pacheco got better as a receiving option this year, you got to have another running back. But to me, you can find another, whether it's an undrafted guy or draft somebody in the sixth round. I just don't know if you need to spend, you know, four plus million dollars on a backup slash split back in this, in this team, other teams, because of where they're at offensively and limitations. Sure. But when the chiefs are, are paying Mahomes what they're paying, we want them to go, go and spend some good money on receivers they're maybe going to be paying Legarius Sneed $19 million on a tag. They're maybe going to be paying Chris Jones top defensive lineman money. Nick Bolton could be getting, you know, $15 million a year on a new deal here before we know it. Like, I, I just don't think running back, much like we just discussed with a punter, prior, positional uh, priority, uh, not really the spot where I'm looking to spend a lot of money, especially for a guy that's not my starter. If you told me Isaiah Pacheco was out for the season or something, okay, completely different conversation. Yeah, you need to go spend some money and go get a reliable back, but they're not in that spot. I feel like, too, if you – I wonder how much they're weighing not just the Chris Jones production and all that other stuff, but also how important is getting a left tackle in there and who – and trying to allocate the money that that's necessary to get – whoever it is, fill in the blank to to be there. If they think that they can draft a guy and it's okay and they don't have to bring in, you know, uh, Trent Brown or whoever, then that money, I think, goes to Chris Jones and I think he's paid. If they think we can get a defensive tackle who's productive for $10 million or $7 million less a year, who's a little bit younger, and then use that money to help go after 
a yeah. proper let left tackle. And, uh, and I think a lot of it revolves around the Chris, around Chris Jones in, in the end is Snead, I, I think is taken care of. You would think that they're just going to tag him and deal with it. it. Whether they keep him later or not, it doesn't matter. Tag him, get it over with. But all of it comes down to Chris Jones. I think, do you, are you paying him top dollar? And if you are, maybe you sacrifice paying money for a top left tackle in free agency. And as a result, you need to draft a guy in that first round to try to give yourself a competition with Wanye in the, you know, in camp where you have a solid option at left tackle and not just crossing your fingers, hoping it works out situation. Yeah. yeah I mean, like you want to have the most complete 53 man roster possible, but I hearing what you're saying, I mean, look, the, the likelihood of them signing Chris Jones to a long-term deal and tagging Snead and going out and spending for top dollar wide receivers seems pretty slim to me. What right. About, right. Well, so even a top tackle. So, so as well as, yeah. So yeah. like to me, if, if Chris Jones is signed to a three-year deal, there's a chance that in year one, it's only like 12 to $15 million on the books. And then it's the following year where it picks up. So, okay. So let's say it's 12. We kind of talked about this with Matt Verderam yesterday. Mm-hmm. So let's say it's 12 to 15. Then you tag Snead. That's $18.8 million. All right, that's that's less money or about the same money as what the tag would be just for Chris Jones because the, the tag just for Chris Jones is $32 million. Okay, so you you can make that work for this one this particular season. Does that limit you, though, from going out and signing? I know everybody wants Mike Evans. Mike Evans or whoever as the top wide receiver on the market. It's a lot tougher. Yeah, and so I, I don't think you can. Offering. Oh, and again, as I mentioned, Nick Bolton. Like, I, you can't do everything. I, I, I think they're... Is there a scenario where they could keep Snead and Jones? Yeah, it's it's again. You Snead. just have to know what you're sacrificing by Correct. keeping them. And how do they feel they, their best path to build this team back to where they're back in the Super Bowl again? You know, are that's they, where I think that you look at Matt, at Matt Matabuki. If you can, if you convince him, his projected contract seven mil less per year, and the guy's twenty six, not twenty nine. I mean, that might be a home run. I know Chris Jones is the better of the two of them, but in terms of saving yourself money that you can spend, whether it be to keep Nick Bolton or whether it be to get a tackle, a left tackle, which again, as important as Chris Jones is, having a good left tackle is as important as having... I mean, if you... you got to protect, you know, Mahomes' backside so he's not getting blindsided. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, if you told me that they had to start Wade Morris at left tackle... And the trade-off is, okay, I could go out and sign what is perceived to be the best left tackle on the market. And you keep Chris Jones? That's, I mean, no, no, it's like, I don't, I don't think you can do both. So, okay. like, I, if I have a choice, I would rather, if you told me that I could have Chris Jones for three more seasons, but Wanya Morris is my left tackle for the next two of them instead of having what is perceived to be the best left tackle available, yeah, I'll, I'd probably roll the dice, actually, and say I'll go with Wanya Morris bring in a, a veteran to, to back him up basically as sure. an insurance policy. And then I would still have Chris Jones. That's probably the route I would go. I okay. tag Snead and I, I don't sign Snead to a long-term deal. And I just Bolton's tag him gone. and I, I just have, no, I, I think, I think Nick Bolton, you're going to, you're going to pass up obviously on Willie Gay and we'll talk about this with Pete Sweeney. I think Nick Bolton, you can still get a deal done with in that scenario. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.